The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, guys? The 2020 NFL schedule release episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by me again. No sponsors yet. We got a big deal coming up with uh, betonline.com, though. So that'll be starting up soon, and uh, we'll be able to get you all the information uh, on that uh, when the uh, when the when the agreement takes place. So just to let you know what's coming up on the horizon. Uh, this episode is a little bit on the late side, and I apologize for that. I'm probably one of the last people to be doing a schedule release review uh, episode, but uh, waste not, want not. We're here, and let's just go ahead and do it. It's the 2020 NFL schedule release episode of the Bear Sock Underground, so let's get to it. It came a little bit later than it normally does, but then again, what has been normal about what's been going on the last few months? What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back. The 2020 schedule release episode of the Bears Talk Underground and our path to Tampa Bay and Super Bowl 55 has been laid out in front of us, and now it is just up to our beloved Chicago Bears to improve upon the disaster that was the 2019 season and see if they can right all the wrongs and get to the promised land. So a lot of debate on whether or not that's possible, whether the bears are up for it. Uh, I'm seeing anything from the bears being 12 and four and going to the super bowl. I think it was Nick Wright from Fox sports that uh, made that prediction all the way to somebody from USA today saying the bears are going to go three and 13 uh, this year. So it's, all over the place nobody knows what to think of the bears and quite frankly i don't blame them honestly i don't after what the bears put on the field last year and 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 it like i said uh you guys have heard me say it a hundred times uh during the various episodes i've done during this offseason that the way that the last season went just kind of zapped my energy for doing the podcast and wanting to talk about the team it was so frustrating one of the few times in, in all my life, uh, quite frankly, that I was relieved for a season to be over with. I just wanted that season to be done so we could close the book on it and move on uh, to the next one. The, mex, the, 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 the mess uh, therein lies is the fact that so many things went wrong so many different ways. It's difficult to know if Ryan Pace has done everything that's needed to right the ship and get us back on track to where we were in 2018 when we were one of the dominant teams uh in the league uh, you know many thought outside of bears nation of course that if they win that game against philadelphia there's nothing standing in the way between them and the super bowl in atlanta uh in 2018 so i mean it was uh and then to to come back in 2019 with everybody back and in, in a tweaking a position here and there uh, for them to fall flat on their faces and you know struggle to be an eight and eight team. I mean, the only thing that made us five hundred was the fact that we played the Minnesota Viking JV squad week seventeen and struggled to beat that team uh, to finish with a five hundred record. So 
Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I, of course, I don't like seeing people picking the Bears five and eleven, three and thirteen, seven and nine. I personally don't see how that's possible. I mean, they were horrible last year and they still won eight games. So imagine what they could do if if the moves that Ryan Pace made were the right ones to help the Bears head off in the right direction. Nick Wright could be the right one, saying 12-4, and four, number one seed in the NFC. They're going to the Super Bowl. Or maybe the guy from the USA Today is right, and we're in for a hell of a year and a rebuild to start in 2021. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of would be like with, uh, what Scott Wright said when we had him on for the draft review is that he thought the Bears were going to be in the market for a quarterback in in 2021 uh with at three and 13 we'd be in a pretty good spot to get our hands on what's supposed to be the top quarterback in next year's draft uh in trevor lawrence so argue that one all you want you know that would be an interesting situation um but uh we don't want that to happen as much as i would love to see a kid like trevor lawrence taking snaps uh for the bears i, I would much prefer to uh try to figure out how we're going to get uh, Mitch back or talk Nick Foles into not voiding his contract to stay the signal caller for the Bears because he or Mitch led us to the playoffs and, and where you know we're back where we need to be or where we should have been uh, a year ago. So real quick before we dive into the schedule, it kind of leads to you know what I've been alluding to if it has Ryan Pace made, uh, the right moves. An interesting uh, transaction took place last week where the New Orleans Saints uh, cut their three-time Pro Bowl right guard Larry Warford uh, last week. And there was a lot of speculation that the Bears might be one of the teams in pursuit. And that was the rumor early on. And then reports came out saying the Bears were no longer interested. They weren't going uh, after him. And it just kind of compounded every Bear fan's frustration with the offensive line situation that the bears have made close to no moves uh with the offensive line we signed jermaine ufidi from the the saints a former first round pick who was a tackle did not work out for them he's likely to be a guard for the bears so that might be our starting right guard right now if it isn't alex bars uh, i would say uh we we signed jason spriggs uh who was who did not work out with the uh packers uh, to come in and kind of be depth, maybe even possibly our swing uh, tackle uh, for us. And then we didn't draft an offensive lineman until our last two picks in the seventh round, two, 212 and 213, I think, were the picks. Or was it like 226 and 227, something like that. But uh, the last two picks, I mean, two guys that could be projects. I mean, what are the odds that either one of those guys is the next Charles Leno, who was also drafted in the seventh round, became our starting last our starting left tackle for the last five years uh the odds on that happening are again are not very good but um you know it just goes to show that this is one of those calculated moves that the bears have made thinking that bringing in juan castillo as our brand new offensive line coach and i think also our running game coordinator um they think that's going to be the be-all end-all uh, or at least that's what their moves suggest since we didn't try to go out and sign uh, any or spend any money, quite frankly, on the offensive line, uh, any, anything significant to replace Kyle Long, that uh, the Bears just believe that coaching, that we have the talent that we need to have a good offensive line. 
which isn't completely wrong because the, the almost everybody except for our new right guard were on the offensive line in 2018 when we blocked fairly well for Mitch Trubisky and, and uh, led the way for Jordan Howard to run for 900-plus yards and Tariq Cohen to make some runs out of the backfield. So it's not an outrageous thought. It's just that after the way they played in 2019, to do virtually nothing with the offensive line throws up huge red flags uh, to Bear fans. And, of course, coaching moves are also always kind of those things that are under the radar. Now, we all know as Bear fans that we hired a brand-new offensive line coach, that we overhauled our offensive staff. You know, we got a brand-new offensive coordinator, a brand-new quarterback coach. Our former quarterback coach is now our passing game coordinator. While Juan Castillo is going to head the head off the, the run game coordinated situation uh, and things like that. We got a brand new tight ends coach, which was a disaster of a position for the Bears last year. They think those moves, that, which are basically, in my opinion, internal moves, are going to be a bigger solution than the Bears actually going out and changing. Like they believe they have the personnel. Now they just need the 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 you know the the scheme or the coaching to get these guys. Uh, to, to right the ship and play better uh, in 2020. It's a big risk because everybody, in, and quite frankly, is most likely playing slash coaching for their jobs uh, this year. If the Bears turn out another 8-8 eight and eight season or worse, we're probably talking about uh, a brand-new coaching staff and most likely a brand-new GM. And maybe it's another Phil Emery situation where we keep Matt Nagy, but we let Ryan Pace go and bring in you know, the next guy who will give uh, Matt Nagy one more year before seeing about hiring his own coach uh, type of thing. So, but it's it's the Bears' faith in Juan Castillo and, and what he's bringing to the table that seems to be what they think will repair the offensive line. Because in defense of that move, everybody is back. Aside from Kyle Long, of course, trying to figure out who our right guard is going to be is probably the biggest challenge there. But they seem to think that whatever Juan Castillo is bringing to the table will improve the offensive line because this is the same guys that had success uh, in 2018. So, knock on wood, I hope they're right about that because uh, if it does, if it if it doesn't work out, that's going to cost people jobs uh, next year. Could be just Ryan Pace, could be Nagy, could be the whole lot of them, uh, and you know we're starting from scratch once again in 2021. So, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope Juan Castillo is the uh, offensive line whisperer that he has been in the past. Several successful running games uh, for the teams that he's coached uh, in the past. Most notably, Philadelphia always had a good running game. Um, I hope he can he can do that. So, um, but uh, it doesn't appear that Larry Warford is in the cards for the Bears. He hasn't signed with anybody, so we're not out of it yet. It's just that the rumor is. Uh, the Bears had interest, and now we no longer do. So we'll see what goes on uh, with that and, and who Warford ends up with and uh, whose team he ends up playing on. Um, one other thing, uh, two other things. Uh, one, David Montgomery is chosen as the breakout star of 2020 for the Bears. And knock on wood, I hope that's right because it directly correlates to what we just got done talking about with the offensive line. So if David Montgomery becomes the breakout star of 2020 for the Bears, then that means that Juan Castillo had a, uh, figured out a way to get that offensive line uh, churning, getting you know, opening holes for David Montgomery. Because we said it all of last year. We even said I said it when I had Olin Krutz 
on the show and he agree with me is like I feel like Montgomery is a superstar in the making if we could just get that guy past the line of scrimmage and not even a week after we had that conversation with um, Olin Krutz the Bears went to a more run heavy you know like two tight ends fullback in the backfield approach and Montgomery ran for 155 yards uh, in that game so it's like our theory at least for one game was proven correct if you open up the lanes this guy is going to make people on the second and third level miss he's going to make them pay and he's going to put big yards uh, on the field so if montgomery does in fact turn out to be a sophomore sensation and is the man in 2020 then the juan castillo gamble has worked out tremendously so let's hope a and b correlate with one another and things go well and then finally before we get to the schedule um prince of mukamura who the bears uh, released a salary cap casualty uh in the offseason has found a new home he is going to join nick Kwiatkowski in vegas he's going to be a raider um didn't realize this was already his 10th season uh in the league of course mukamura was a first round pick with the um giants uh went to jacksonville for a year before coming to uh chicago in 2017 2017 i believe i think that was his first year and uh signed a three-year deal um prior to the 2018 season played well was in and out of the lineup last year was kind of banged up a little bit which was kind of why he was let go by the giants why he only lasted a year in jacksonville was that he couldn't finish a season well he did two seasons for us in 2017 2018 and then 2019 he was kind of you know for lack of a better phrase back to his old ways and being banged up and missing time and uh the bears uh cut him so he is uh, was a free agent signing with the uh raiders to join kwiatkowski in that new look uh raider defense so uh best of luck to him especially since we don't play the raiders uh this year thank god so that he and kwiatkowski can't make us pay for it personally so um that's all I got uh, for news and notes uh, right now. And, uh, oh, yeah, one real quick thing. I don't remember where we left off with the uniforms uh, and my uniform snobbery. And I know you guys love to tease me uh, about that. Two things about the uniform thing. Number one, the L.A. Rams came out with their uniforms yesterday. They are awful. They are terrible. Um they went with a, a, a lighter uh, blue, well, not so much a lighter, but maybe a brighter uh, blue instead of the kind of darker, almost navy blue that they had. And then some, you know, uh, piss-colored yellow is what uh, my best way to describe it um, for the, uh, it just, it looks terrible, actually. Uh, I don't like it at all. Not to mention, I don't know what the... Th- what the NFL is, their fascination with gradient patterns is now. Uh, the Falcons really screwed up their uniforms, having that black pants fade into the red shirt thing. Um, the, the, the Rams did it on their numbers for some reason. Like it starts yellow at the top and fades, I think it, or it's either, either white and fades into the yellow as it goes down or starts at yellow and fades to the white. It's, it's terrible. Not to mention that terrible, terrible logo that they released, I think, back in February or early March, um, has found its way onto the helmet. So the traditional uh, horn is now this updated, graphic-y looking horn. And truth be told, the helmet itself is not awful. I just hate 
that they changed the logo when they didn't need to. I'm always a big proponent of not fixing what isn't broke. And their uniform, if they went back to the old school gold and yellow or gold and blue um, uniforms that their quote unquote throwbacks that they wore uh, several times, not to mention they wore their throwbacks in the Super Bowl uh, two years ago. That's how popular those uniforms were. And fans, I'm sure, thought that those uniforms are going to find their way back with maybe more of a modern twist. But this is not it. I don't think this is what the fans were looking for. Uh, if they had just gone back to that and maybe tweaked the numbers or something like that or, or you know, changed up maybe the way the stripe looks on the pants, something to give it some kind of an updated look, I think that would have been fine. If they had kept the same color scheme, but they... They went way bright with the yellow. They went bright with the blue. It, it just doesn't look good. I'm not a fan. And then finally, uh, somebody posted out there uh, some alternative bear uniforms. <sighs> Ranging from like using the city flag colors as a base. Um, I think there were two of those. One was, uh, one was navy blue. The other one was white with the Chicago flag. Uh, one was camouflage, which was terrible. Uh, the other one was orange. I don't think I have to tell you how I feel about that one. Um, I did like the navy one with the uh, city colors. Out of the four, that was the one that I liked. I wasn't crazy about the bare head being on the helmet, uh, especially since it was the powder blue, the sky blue that's on the Chicago flag. Not a fan of that. Uh, not a flag of the navy blue or powder blue uh, face mask. On it, there are some things I would have tweaked to change that. Uh, I wouldn't have had the blue numbers. It would have been white with red trim to represent the star color on the flag and things like that. Things I would have done different, but that's the one that I would have chosen gun to my head. So for those of you who've seen the post, you know which one I'm talking about. That would be the winner in my book. Uh, Cordell Patterson tweeted yesterday that he liked all of them. Uh, and I think that says all we need to know about Cordell Patterson. So anyway, what do you say we go ahead and take a look at this schedule? Uh, like I said, the path to Tampa Bay and Super Bowl 55, whenever that's going to be, uh, has been laid out by the league. It took place a week ago. I'll explain why it took me so long. Let's go ahead and dive right in. It's the 2020 schedule for our beloved Chicago Bears. Last Thursday, the NFL released the 2020 schedule, and I apologize for my uh, for my tardiness. Um, I um, well, on Thursday night, the night the schedule uh, was released, I actually uh, I got done with work. I've been working from home during the uh, the pandemic. I uh, made myself some dinner and uh, sat down in my comfy chair and started watching the uh, schedule release show. And the next thing I knew, it was uh, after 11 o'clock because I passed out in my fluffy chair. So, uh, yeah, so I was going to do kind of a knee-jerk reaction uh, type show uh, for it, but uh, that didn't uh, work out because I went Betty by when I woke up at 11 o'clock in my chair. Uh, and then Friday, my uh, my dad uh, came into town for the... Uh, for the weekend, he was here until Monday, so uh, it kind of eliminated the uh, the ability to do the show while he was uh, while he was here, or at least I didn't want to do it while he was while he was here. I'm sure you guys understand 
as far as my excuse as to why I didn't do the show on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever, I I, I don't really have one. I I, I don't. I just kind of was. After I got done with work from the day, I you know that chair is is damn comfortable. I got in that chair, uh, made myself dinner again, and didn't want to get out of the chair. And those of you who've been there understand uh, my plight. But uh, nonetheless, here I am doing the show now. Uh, I didn't allow myself to go in the fluffy chair. I don't have to make myself dinner because I made myself dinner last night. Uh, I I made a a big batch of uh, spaghetti. I love pasta. And uh, I got leftovers to toss into the microwave when I'm when I'm done so I don't have to worry about cooking afterwards and everything. And I also deprived myself of the comfy chair. I went right from my desk here in the house to right here in front of the computer to get the show recorded. I'm sacrificing my comfort for you guys. So here we are so we can get this done. The 2020 schedule for our beloved Chicago Bears has us revisiting the South divisions from the AFC South uh, the Jags the Titans the um, Texans and the uh, Colts and then the NFC South the Falcons the Panthers the Buccaneers who've become quite the uh, interesting team uh, during this offseason thanks to their uh, additions of uh, Brady and then most recently uh, Rob Gronkowski uh, and the Saints did I miss anybody I got the Falcons the Panthers the Bucks and the Saints all back on the schedule. The last time we faced the NFC South as a whole uh, was 2017. Not a very successful campaign uh, for the Bears in 2017. I believe our victory over the Panthers was our only victory against the NFC as a whole in 2017. Uh, We lost to the Falcons week one. Um, We almost won it. We came close, uh, gave the defending NFC champs all they could handle uh there but the mike glennon led bears weren't enough uh week one uh we played fade the the we we lost to the panthers no we beat the panthers that was the one team that we did beat that was the eddie jackson coming out party with the fumble recovery and the pick six which were the the points that were the difference we won the game 17 to 3 and the only points we scored were those touchdowns from eddie jackson uh the saints game that was um a, a it was a struggle. It was a week eight battle there with the uh, with the pan- that was the game we lost Zach Miller. He caught the touchdown pass and uh, destroyed his uh, leg uh, in the process. And then uh, week two against Tampa Bay was uh, ugly. It was damn ugly, is what it was. And uh, that was uh, or was it week three? It was week three against Tampa Bay, I believe. Something like that. Week week three. No, it was week two because week three is when we beat the uh, Steelers. But, uh, yeah, we went on the road to Tampa Bay week two, and uh, <laughs> that game was awful. And, uh, you know, but followed up a week later by, you know, running all over the uh, the Steelers. And it was the Tariq Cohen, you know, that which I thought was a touchdown, but they ruled him out of bounds. A couple plays later, Jordan Howard finishes it off. That was a fun game. But, um, you know, the Bears 5-11 and 11 in, in 2017. Uh, the, the, the sweep of the AFC North in that year. But only one victory against the NFC, period. Uh, we went 0-6 in the division. The whole nine yards was the Eddie Jackson show against the Panthers. Our last visit with the AFC South in 2016, where we went 3-13 and 13 
uh, that season. We were winless uh, against the uh, division. And what was really frustrating about that is that the Bears probably should have won most of, if not all four of those games. Week one against the Texans, uh, the Bears stopped Brock Osweiler short on fourth and one. The referees give him the first down. John Fox, for whatever reason, doesn't challenge it. And two plays later, they score the go-ahead touchdown, and the Bears can't uh, recover. Fast forward to week five against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, The Bears, I believe, had the lead in the fourth quarter. And uh, the only offensive weapon that that, uh, Andrew Luck had all day long was T.Y. Hilton. So who is he going to throw the football to? Everyone in the stadium knew it. It was T.Y. Hilton, and who does, and of course, who is wide open down the middle of the field uh, for the game-winning touchdown pass? But T.Y. Hilton. But the Bears had a chance to come back. Uh, Brian, the Brian Hoyer-led offense, because Jay was out with an injury at that point. <laughs> um, the Brian Hoyer-led offense had an opportunity. We're we're deep in in uh, Colts territory. And I don't remember who Brian Hoyer threw the football to. All I know is he missed a wide-open Alshon Jeffrey down the left sideline. If he sees Alshon, he is wide open all by himself. He goes, he walks into, he can moonwalk into the end zone for for a touchdown that would have tied the game with an opportunity to kick the game-winning extra point. Uh, Fast forward a week later, the Bears take, I believe, a 13-3 lead into the fourth quarter against the Jaguars. I think they even extended it to 16-3 to at the beginning of the fourth quarter. But uh, two bad plays later, the Jaguars score two touchdowns, and they're up 17-16, to and that was the final score in that one. So we had that one by the balls and let it go. But the one that stung the most has to be Week 12 against Tennessee. Now we're, uh, now we're stuck with Matt Barkley as our quarterback, as even Brian Hoyer, I think, broke his arm. Uh, or something like that. Jay is done for the year with a shoulder injury or something like that. And uh, in comes Matt Barkley, who had a penchant that year for fourth-quarter comebacks. Uh, The Bears get down big uh, to the Titans, who are really handing it to us in that ball game. And here we are. It's 27-21 to late in the game, I think less than a minute or two to go. Uh, Four shots from inside the 10. Uh, First down was an incomplete pass. Second down and even though my opinion of him changed greatly over the following two three seasons that we had him on the team Josh Bellamy was my most hated man after the Tennessee game because he first was wide open in the end zone Matt Barkley threw a perfect pass to him and instead of catch it with his hands and bring it in he decides that he needs to jump up in the air for some reason and tried to body catch it with his bread basket and dropped the football. So could have uh, could have won the game right then and there. Instead, he drops the game-winning touchdown pass. I think we we you know bad play on third down, fourth down. Um, we come up short. I think it was Deontay something. I can't remember his last name. Dropped a pass in the middle of the end zone on fourth down. But if it's if Bellamy catches the easiest pass to catch in the league or in the game, we win the game. And, you know, 
So it's like all four of those games, we had a chance to win. We let it slip away one for one reason uh, or another. We didn't come all the way back against Tennessee. We couldn't hold on in the fourth quarter against Jacksonville. Uh, we blew coverage against the only guy that was that Luck was throwing to, and then John Fox blows the challenge against the Texans week one. So, I mean, we had our chances to win all four of those games. And just think about how different the Bears in general might be if we had. We finished 3-13 and 13 and had the third overall pick, and we all know what we did with the third overall pick in, in 2017. But let's say we go 7-9. and nine. Maybe we're picking, I don't know, 10, 12, something like that, somewhere in the in the uh, in the in the low tens, early teens, somewhere in that area where a guy like Mitch would might have been off the board uh, at that point, because I'm sure you guys all remember we weren't the only ones who had Mitch in high regard. We were just the dummies who actually pulled the trigger on it. Um, but maybe since Mitch is already off the board, then maybe a guy like uh, Mahomes or Watson is sitting there for us to take it at 10 or 12 or or something like that, or maybe we step aside and uh, because both the Texans and the um, Chiefs traded up to get Mahomes and Watson, or Mahomes and Watson. So maybe we pick up some some extra draft choices to uh, you know to help us to help feed the beast in 2018 or something like that. Who knows? But uh, nonetheless, things went the way they did and. Here we are with what we've got. So 2020 schedule uh, starts in an unusual place. And uh, that unusual place is a familiar one in Detroit. We start on the road with the Lions. Don't really see that happen very much. Usually if the these two teams are kicking it off in, with Chicago and Detroit, the Lions are coming to Chicago. I can't really ever remember the Bears going to Detroit week one. Uh, but that's how it's going down. That's a noon. Actually, the Bears are noon on Sunday for all but like three games this year, which, of course, is a huge welcome thing for me. I hate the prime time, you know. This is the one thing that sucks about the Bears having a good season is that the following year their schedule was all over the place. Remember, we had to wait until week, what, week, week five last year against the Raiders in London before the first noon game. Uh, last year it was Thursday night then it was Monday night then it was a three o'clock start and all that kind of nonsense before the Bears actually played a noon Sunday game now it's the opposite we don't play a primetime game until week five but uh, week one is at noon on Fox against the Lions week two with our home opener against the Giants so Daniel Jones Saquon Barkley come back to Chicago that's the same place game uh, for us and um We'll see how that one goes. Then back on the road to Atlanta to take on the Falcons week number three. Home for the Colts week number four. That one's on CBS. And then we're Thursday night. We're getting that one out of the way early. Week five in Chicago against Tom Brady, Gronk, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, I mean, based on the way last season fleshed out, it's very possible. It's possible. We could be looking at 4-0 and going into that week against Tampa Bay. Now, Indianapolis is a good football team. They, were, they had a lot of injuries last year. Atlanta finished the season 6-2 and after a 1-7 and start uh, last year, so maybe they're trending up. But they were not a very good football team last year. Maybe we could take advantage of that. 
We got the Colts in Chicago, a home game. I don't know if home or away is going to mean much of anything if things aren't back to normal by the time football starts. So the home versus away thing, I don't know how much that's going to mean if there are no fans in the stands. You know what I'm saying? Um, But week five, Thursday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's in Chicago. Then week six, we're at Carolina. That's That's at noon again. Then week seven, uh, first of two Monday night games, this one on the road at the L.A. Rams, so we get to see those crappy uniforms up close and personal on national television. So second straight, third straight year, actually. Third straight year, the Bears and Rams punching it out on uh, on national TV. For the last two years, it was Sunday night football. This time it'll be Monday night. Then week eight, we got the Saints at home. That's a 325 uh, start for the Bears and Saints. Then we're on the road at the Titans, week number nine. And then week number 10, back to Monday night football. So two Monday night games in four weeks, taking on the Vikings in Chicago. So tradition says that's a win. The Bears will win that one uh, in Chicago against the Vikes. And um, then a week 11 bye. So after a week five bye in 2018, a week six bye in 2019, the Bears are going to go through 10 weeks of football before we get to our bye week uh, this year. Now, granted, we kind of get the mini bye after because we, we get the 10-day break from the Tampa Bay game to uh, Carolina from week five to week six. But um, our traditional bye doesn't show up until week 11 uh, after we play 10 games. So, But when we come back from the bye, we have... One, two, three. We have four. In our final six games, we have four division games in that uh, in that span. So we, we start week 12 off of the bye. Sunday night football, our one and only Sunday night, our, only, our one and only scheduled Sunday night appearance right now at Green Bay because why wouldn't it be in Green Bay? Um, I think every trip, except for last year, every trip to Green Bay is a national television game so we're back to that again uh 720 on nbc of course then home for the lions week 13 home for the texans week 14 and the interesting thing about the texans is something that i talked to brett coleman about last summer and i don't think he realized it but um in the short history of the houston texans we've never beaten them never beaten them we didn't we played them for the first time in 2004 we lost 2008. We went to Houston and lost. 2012 was the big Sunday night uh, football showdown between like the seven and one Texans, the six and two Bears, something like that. The Bears came up short in that one, and then we just got done talking about John Fox screwing up in 2016, which helped us lose that game. So we're 0 and 4, 0 and 5 against the Texans right now. So, and it would be Deshaun Watson uh, coming to town. Um, who more than likely will not be facing uh, Mitch Trubisky in that game, or one wouldn't think anyway. And, um, but you know, week 14, we got the Texans coming to town, see if we can't end our winless streak against this team. Week 15, we're on the road at Minnesota, and I hope you were all sitting down when you saw that. For the first time in six years or something like that, the Bears are not finishing the season on the road at Minnesota. It would have been the fifth year in a row had it been that way and like the sixth time in the last seven seasons. 
We're on the road at Minnesota in December, like always, but instead it's week 15 instead of week 17. Then we go from one end of the op- one end of the spectrum to the other for the polar ice caps of Minneapolis, Minnesota in December to the warm and sunny disposition of Jacksonville, Florida, week number 16 at the Jaguars, and then finish the year up at home against the Green Bay Packers week number 17. So there you have it. Um, it's an interesting schedule, one that's uh, that the NFL has been very meticulous about because of the, the pandemic and social distancing and all the rest of that stuff. The, apparently the NFL left themselves a lot of room to make changes, uh, move the schedule around. Uh, there's flexibility, like Super Bowl is going to be played on February 7th. The, the stadium is also available for it to be done the 14th, the 21st, or the 28th uh, of February. So that's a three-week window that the NFL has flexibility with. They could also eliminate the break between the conference championship games because there's usually two weeks. Uh, for, you know, the, the teams get a week off before uh, playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, they could eliminate that, so maybe no Pro Bowl, which I don't think would hurt anybody's feelings uh, this year. Um, there's a lot of flexibility in the schedule. Um, one one thing that was notable is that everybody's week two opponent, they share a bye week with that opponent. So God forbid uh, the Bears and the Giants could be bumped down to week number 11 because uh, they both have the week 11 bye. So there's built-in flexibility there. I don't think any other real flexibilities were pointed out. Um, there, was, there were rumors uh, prior to the schedule coming out that the first four weeks of the season would all be the outer conference game. So the Bears would have played all four AFC South teams week one through four because I guess you could say those games aren't necessarily quote-unquote important. They aren't conference games or anything. I mean, it's a win or a loss in the standing, so they're important that way. But as far as your conference standing and, and all those other things, those are the least important games on the schedule. So if the NFL had to cancel games or shift some around, those would be the ones you'd want to sacrifice. Those 12 matchups against NFC opponents, those are the ones you really want to hang on to. The six, the six games against your divisional opponents, your, you know, your, your interconference opponents, and this year for us it's the NFC South, and then our same place opponents and the Giants and the, and the – um, not the Buccaneers, the Giants and the Rams are both finished in third place uh, last year. You want to keep those because those are all NFC games, uh, but that did not happen. They came out with a quote-unquote regular schedule because they were saying that um, uh, it, it was a, fit, a Twitter account that actually had built up a lot of uh, following uh, saying that here's how the game is going to be structured or here's how the schedule is going to be structured. People jumped all over. I was guilty of it as, uh, as well. Of course, saying that weeks one through four were going to be the the AFC versus NFC. Then I think they had the two same place opponents scheduled week five and six. And then seven through ten would be the first three division games. And then 11 through 14 or whatever would be the uh, other NFC uh, division. So the AFC, NFC South would be those four weeks. And then you finish the last three with three more division games not a bad idea you know like I, that's why i actually kind of clung to it because it made a lot of made a lot of sense you you know you want to have those division games and it i think that's been one of like goodell's things to to see 
you know, like every year we should finish with three division games and, and things like that. And so it made sense that maybe the NFL might do something like that in a unique situation like the one that we're in now. But turned out that it was a fake Twitter account and the guy was just throwing up throwing up nonsense to uh, get a conversation going. And um, the NFL put out the schedule uh, that they did. So I haven't heard them point out any other places where they could be flexible other than saying that the Super Bowl has the flexibility of being moved back. So therefore we could fill in the gaps uh, in between. So we'll have to wait and see how that all unfolds. Um, real quick, uh, they also announced the preseason, which is something that usually happens much earlier than it did this year. They don't usually release the preseason schedule along with the regular season. That usually comes first. But um, first game will be at home against the Browns. Uh, week two of the preseason, we'll have joint practices with the Broncos and finish that off with our week two preseason matchup week three the quote-unquote dress rehearsal game if that actually happens this year will be at home against the san francisco 49ers so the defending nfc champs have come to town would be a good litmus test if it goes the way it usually does and then um we'll finish off the preseason second year in a row with the tennessee titans only we'll do the home and home they were in chicago last year so we'll go to tennessee this year to close out uh, the preseason so Cleveland Denver San Francisco Tennessee that is the preseason so we're going to have a rematch so to speak with Tennessee uh, this year play them in the preseason and then we play in week nine at home and actually we play both games in Tennessee interesting I don't think I've ever seen that before but uh, there you have it so you know like I said I I didn't do it game by game when my buddy and I were kind of arguing with each other about where the Bears schedule lies it was more about I see I see four and two in the division um, like, you know, split with Green Bay, split with Minnesota. We'll sweep the Lions. That's four wins, two losses. Boom. That's four and two. I see the Bears going three and one against the AFC South. The only team that really scares me or whatever is Tennessee. They're just, you know, who knows if they can relive the magic that they had last season. But looking at what they do. Um, I don't know what the hell's going on with Houston. They got rid of their best player in, in Hopkins and uh, and all that kind of stuff. I'm not really sure what's going on with Houston right now. Um, the Colts, we'll have to see about the Colts. I, I it's like, but I'm I feel better about three and one. The Jaguars are the Jaguars, so I'd say three and one against the South. That's what seven and three, uh, right there. The NFC South, I could see three and one, or I could see two and two if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat us. I like a win against the Falcons. I like a win against the Panthers. New Orleans is New Orleans. We got to beat them to in order. They're kind of like the Packers. It's like, I'm going to pick New Orleans until we actually beat the Saints. So, And then who knows what Brady and Gronk and company are going to do in Tampa Bay. So let's be conservative and call it 2-2. Two and two. So 7-3 and three is now 9-5. and five. And then our same place opponents, we got home for the Giants on the road for the Rams. I think we can go 2-0 and there. That would give us 11-5, and but say we lose that road game to the Rams, there's your 10-6. and So that's just kind of laying out how that goes. Uh, that's, that's how I came up with the 11-5, and 10-6 number uh, for the Bears. Now, as we get closer and move things along, maybe we'll, you know, things will become a bit more clear and we'll find out uh, how it actually will shake out or I'll have a clear thought on 
on when those wins happen and things like that. But uh, until then, that's kind of what I'm sticking with uh, for now. So that's just looking at looking at the teams, not so much the schedules and how it really lines up. Like I had the, the thought in my head on what the schedule or what the record would be before the schedule even came out. Like I, I just like three wins against the South and the AFC, three and one, maybe two and two against the NFC South, so on and so forth. So that's how I feel about that. And I think that's all I got for you guys. I think that's all we're going to do here in the schedule release show. I'm really thinking about what we want to do next because it's that time of year when I would start doing the opponent preview shows. And truth be told, I haven't even started reaching out to people to see if they want to be uh, on the show. I'm going to start working on that and, uh, and everything. And I think it's just because of all the the uncertainty the nfl is proceeding like business as usual they are proceeding as though the schedule or the season will start on time uh and i think they're doing so with or without fans like they plan on you know sunday week one is uh, september 13th first game of the year is houston at kansas city on thursday night on september 10th they are proceeding as that game is going to happen now granted we still have four months between now and then and a lot can happen, but uh, we'll see how that all goes. I'm hoping that it goes off without a hitch. So maybe I should proceed as though it is business as usual and everything will take place on time as it is uh, supposed to and start reaching out to our to our uh, to our opponents to uh, see about uh, putting some of these same these uh, opponent preview episodes uh, together. So maybe I'll start doing that. But uh, Otherwise, keep your eyes open and keep your eyes peeled on the social media accounts. It's BTU underscore Larry on Twitter. And uh, we got the Facebook group as well. Just search Bears Talk Underground on Facebook. Join the discussion. Put your two cents in and so on. So um, I think that's going to do it for me tonight, folks. Uh, like I said, keep your eyes on the social media for when I'll be back. If it's opponent previews or if I find something else to do uh, in between. So, um But that's going to do it for me. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been Bears Talk Underground. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.